hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Raving Geeks, the official geek culture podcast of CM Life. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Tiemann. I'm Farhan Coleman. My name is Jeremy Augusta. All right, and we are back. It's like two days out before we see Endgame. I don't know uh, how soon from release I'm going to see, because I was lazy and didn't get my tickets. Uh But CMU is actually giving away tickets tomorrow, so I'm going to try and get some. Interesting. Yeah, each person can get two. Hmm. You see... 10 a.m. tomorrow. Oh, yeah, I already have that set up. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, we're good. I'm this, is, this, is bad. this is old news for everybody uh, listening. But yep. yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm seeing it Thursday night. I'm really excited. And because it's right before Endgame, every podcast in the world is talking about the MCU and doing some sort of retrospective. And we did that for Infinity War. And instead of going, it all started in 2008 with Iron Man. And I, Edward Norton yeah, as and Hulk. Ed Norton as Hulk. And then they changed it. And fun fact, there wasn't a script for the first Iron Man. Instead of doing that, that's very boring. <laughs> we are going to get a little more creative with it. So I actually saw this like YouTube series. All these YouTube creators came together and did a little series called One Marvelous Scene where they all take one scene from the MCU that they love. Oh, I caught some of that. Yeah, and they just analyze one particular scene. One guy did... Um, Hulk saying, I'm always angry in that, like, the, the circle in the Avengers theme. One guy did um, the Red Skull coming back. One guy did Yondu's funeral mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So I figured instead of stealing all of the other podcast ideas, we steal that idea. That's a good idea. Because it's it's hot and fresh and new, so we can talk about it. So I, I, uh, I'll go first, I guess. I did a lot of thinking. Like, I've been thinking about this all day, and I went on YouTube and, like, looked through the movies. And, like, that's, like, I saw, part of that was I saw the Spider-Man um, thing where in the car, one of the people who did that I watched. So I was thinking, and the first thing I did was I thought of my favorite Marvel movie, and that's Ragnarok. Um, and I thought of my favorite scene for Ragnarok, and that has to be when they're on the bridge, and is an immigrant song by yeah. Led Zeppelin is playing, yeah. and Thor unlocks all of his power, and then like you like you hear the drum start, and it's these really beautiful shots of of Thor and Valkyrie and Loki just wrecking people, and I loved that's that's my favorite scene in any Marvel movie by far. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'd have to go with it was a fight scene in Winter Soldier when Winter Soldier and Captain America first confront each other. The fight choreography, actually, like sort of in my head, could play the fight choreography on the in that scene. Yes, yeah. as one of the best, like in terms of fight choreography, that's one of the best scenes the MCU has to offer. Mm-hmm. Um, just aside from the fact that that film is so fantastic, um, but you could co- you can kind of like just see that these two are equal and equally matched in terms of both having super soldier serum, um, the way they moved. Um, like I said, hand-to-hand combat, everything about that scene was absolutely phenomenal. So I'd probably say that's probably one of the better scenes in the MCU that I've seen. I love the knife flip. Yeah, that, that's like what I was thinking, the knife like flip. Where tries, yeah, that, there's really so cool. much in that scene to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, mine, I have a few. We might do a, we might do a couple rounds of this. Yeah. But my first one is Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, it's when, like, Peter, he gets his suit taken away from Tony, and he goes to con- confront the vulture. And the wings, like, take out all the pillars, and he's trapped. And for, like, a few seconds, he's, like, this scared kid. He's, like, calling for help, and you can hear his, like, voice crack, and you're reminded, like, damn, this he's a, he's a teenager. He's just a kid. He's terrified. And then he sees, like, his mask, which is, like, straight up, like, literally ripped from a comic book page where it's, like, the mask, and then he can see himself on the other side. And you hear Tony say, if you're nothing without the suit, you shouldn't have it. And then he, like, digs within himself, and he's like, come on, Peter. Come on, Spider-Man. And he lifts the rubble. And mm-hmm. that's, like, beautiful because it's finally, like, the whole movie is Peter wanting to impress Tony and wanting to in- join the Avengers. But then he realizes, like, you got to do it Peter's way, not not what Tony would do, not what, to- what would Tony do, not what would Thor do, what would Peter do. And it's, like, him becoming his own. 
hero, his yeah. own person in that, and I really like that. I like that scene a lot. There's a lot of scenes that stand out to me in Spider-Man Homecoming. That's one of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. I think, in the series. I love any, everything, anything with Spider-Man. The fight scene when they're on the tarmac at the airport and Spider-Man swinging around and, and talking to Captain America, I think that's a, a great scene. Mm-hmm. I think the scene, uh, the fight between Iron Man and Captain America in Civil War, because it's what you wanted to see that whole movie. You were waiting. Like, the tension was, are these two going to fight? And then at the end, it was that payoff. And the character motivations behind each side, you can understand. I think Captain America's was a little bit uh, weaker, like, his point of view. Like, your friend killed his dad. Iron mm-hmm. Man's going to be, or his parents. Iron Man's probably not going to be super happy about this one. Mm-hmm. So I, I really like that scene because there's two characters with really strong motivations and two characters that people like and root for and we're used to seeing work together. I think that's those scenes where if you told somebody 10 years ago, like if, if you told them about that scene, you're like, there's going to be a movie and it's a really good movie where like all the Avengers split in half and Captain America fight each other. People be like, a movie, like a, like a good one, they, they wouldn't be able to visualize it, I don't think. And yeah, there's been the a scenes. lot of films in the MCU that shouldn't have worked, but somehow they managed that did. And mm-hmm. I was actually about to bring up that scene just because the emotional toll of seeing... Because uh, you like, like Jeremy was saying, you understand both sides of it. Mm-hmm. On one hand, Iron Man just witnessed someone kill his parents, that person standing right next to him. Obviously, that's going to create a reaction. But on the other hand, Captain America, this is his best friend who's been brainwashed for the past however many years, and he's just now actually getting him back to normal. So his, like, willingness to protect him is sort of going to go be above and beyond anything that may have happened in the past. Mm-hmm. And to see that sort of come to head was just, I thought, phenomenal. Like, to actually see that scene um, play out the way it did. Um, and, act like, once again, with fight choreography, like, to actually see the way Bucky and Captain America sort of worked together briefly before Bucky got his arm shot off, um, passing the shield around and that type of stuff. Like, the fight choreography the Russo brothers put together, I would say, is one of their biggest strengths um, in any Captain America or Avengers film they've directed so far. I watched this video yesterday um, by, I think, it's like High Top Films. He was talking about Winter Soldier and Man of Steel because they both have similar themes of, like, it's a blue Boy Scout in, like, post-9-11 America. What's going to happen? And he he made a really good point about how conflicts work better when it's not just two people punching each other. It's two ideologies, mm-hmm. like, clashing, and that you definitely get that in Civil War. Like, yeah. Both, like, earlier on in the film where it's about the Accords and then when it becomes really personal. And everyone in that film really has a reason for being on the side that they're on. Like, Mm -hmm. when you think about Black Panther, I don't think he really cares that much about the actual accords. In the moment, he's more concerned about getting revenge for his dad. Yeah. So everyone has their own individual reasons for being on the side that they're on. Not all of them necessarily relate back to the accords, which I thought was an interesting element to add into there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's uh, nothing is surface level in those. So when at the beginning of the movie you start to see people pick sides... And you uh, you start asking questions like why are they on this side and why why is why is Hawkeye care like those things and the way that they explain those things are are really good um, and that's why I I think Civil War is one of my favorite I put a top five Marvel movies I, I would think mm-hmm. um, there were also a lot of scenes in Guardians of the Galaxy one and two that were so visually stunning I wanted to include them mm-hmm. like honorable mention wise because it that those movies are so beautiful and the and the soundtracks. One of the reasons I picked the scene I did, the, that Thor scene, is just because that song with it is so good. It's so exciting. And I think uh, like Black Panther was really good at that. There were a lot of scenes of Black Panther where the music tied in so well and was so perfect to it that it just kind of completed. like Audibly, it matched visually, and both of them were equally compelling. 
Mm-hmm. There were a lot of scenes in Guardians that did that too, just because those movies have such great soundtracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the like visual stunningness, if you will, that's even a phrase. In Guardians, I think, is one of the biggest strengths. Is why I'm actually glad James Gunn got brought back to Guardians 3 because sure. it's true that any director can come in if they're qualified enough to make a good movie, but the Guardians of the Galaxy films were so distinctly James Gunn. Like He put so much of himself into those films mm-hmm. to where if you try to make a Guardians film now without that, it would definitely be missing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I I totally agree. And I think that was one of the challenges with Infinity War and with, well, I guess they're not really in this next movie, um, was to get that thematically to fit in with all of yeah. these other things. And they did so good doing mm-hmm. that with the the separation almost between the people doing Earth stuff and the people doing outer space stuff really helped that. Mm-hmm. And I think it gave us this clear line between like almost not quite tears because their, their power levels are mixed in, but like almost two different settings. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and Guardians definitely stri- works really well in the space setting. I don't mm-hmm. know how it works on the planet setting. Yeah, It also helped that they brought James Gunn on to Infinity War. Too. Yeah. Like he wrote he wrote all Absolutely. the lines of dialogue for the Guardians, mm-hmm. so it was very tonally consistent. Yeah. Speaking of Infinity War, though, uh, another scene that popped into mind was the fight scene on Titan between the Avengers and Thanos. Mm-hmm. That scene, um, you like... Because I've like debated with people over which like fight scene was better, the fight in Titan or the fight in Wakanda. To me, the fight in Titan was better just because it was more personalized. Like in Wakanda, it's just a bunch of CGI explosions and things going on. I get it's probably like visually better to look at. You know, you have a lot more of your characters there in that location. Right. But but with between with the fight between the Avengers and Thanos, you sort of got like Thanos had his like sort of one on one interactions with everybody. He had his one on one with Iron Man. He had his one on one with Doctor Strange. He had his little moment with Star Lord. And like everyone had their own little like individual chance to confront Thanos, and each of them had like something different to bring to right. it. Yeah, and instead of the ones on Earth where everybody had their chance but nobody could do anything, mm-hmm. the ones on that moon or whatever what was Titan. it called? Titan. Titan. They, you could see them doing stuff, and they were coordinating. Mm-hmm. Where it was so painful at the end to watch all of them just walk up one on one, and for some reason Thor just, where is Thor during that whole time? Like right. Thor should have been so. Like I was frustrated during the Wakanda scene, and I or not, yeah, yeah, it was a Wakanda scene, and I wasn't really that frustrated at all when they were on mm-hmm. Titan and like Tony Stark with the new Iron Man suit and the shield, and it's slowly getting torn away and. Thanos saying, I respect you, or something like that. Mm. That was a really great scene, and it was... Dude, seeing Iron Man get stabbed, and... I thought he was... My theater went silent. Going in, I was like, well, I don't think they're gonna die in this one, because we're getting another one, and he runs Iron Man through. I was like, shit, they're gonna kill Tony in the first movie. Wow. You know, my theater went completely silent when that happened. I was just like, oh, wow, they actually did it, and obviously they didn't. Yeah. But, like, I thought that was a good, I would say, fake for them to do, is be like, let's just have Tony get stabbed and see how many Mm -hmm. people we can get to... Hearts to drop. Freak out, yeah. yeah. Well, because then you're like, oh, Tony's fine. And then half of the people die, and you're like, yeah. well, shit. I celebrated <laughs> like, great, too cool, early. Tony's okay, but it's like, oh, but everyone else isn't. All yeah. Right, yeah. Cool, that's oh, what you guys were doing. Dude, that scene between Tony and, and Peter is so hard to, that's that's a very hard hard to keep scene together. Yeah. That might be one of the one of the most emotional scenes in the entire thing. Easily. But that, you, Jeremy, yeah, you brought up something that I actually was thinking about the like the fact that Thor sort of just waited back while Thanos is just mauling through the Avengers yeah. on Wakanda. Yeah, it was really frustrating to me. Like he he kind of waited till literally the last minute. He was like, "Oh, right. now everyone just got their ass kicked. Now I'm going to come in and do something." <laughs> yeah, he should have been like, kind of too late at that. He should have been like, "Get in line, losers. I'm yeah. going first. Yeah. Especially when he has like 
He can go really fast. He's got lightning shooting out of all of his appendages, and right. he can fly. I feel like I don't know. They, it, that's probably nitpicky. Mm-hmm. But I, no, I wouldn't I, say that's nitpicky. They, he they, for sure should have been the first one to take. The they first might have made Thor too overpowered and not realized, like, oh shit, like Thanos still needs to win this fight. Like, so, so that was, like I said, frustrating to watch, especially when he can throw an axe and it just Powers chops through. through nine mile-long spaceships, mm-hmm. and then he just takes his time. And, and it also cut through all six of the Infinity Stones, which yeah. is, that's a debate I've been having with other people, too, is whether or not that could actually happen, but that's a conversation for another time. Yeah, yep. I so think that, it it depends on what he's doing with them, because that just look a ge- like a generic, I'm going to shoot a beam at you. If he wanted to, like, get crazy <laughs> with it, he'd have, a, he'd have a little more trouble. Like, if he tried to, like, alter reality instead of just sending a beam out of, like, the mm-hmm. reality stone, he might have been able to do something with it, but he didn't. Mm, wow. Because, like, you know, I'm trying to think. Like, he sees Thor, like, coming at him, and he just, like, panics, and he's like, shit, I gotta have to send something. Mm-hmm. Instead of, like, thinking creatively with it. And actually, like, is. planning out what right. he's going to do. Yeah, because he's, like, he's right there, and he's coming in high. He's, like, glowing. The guy's eyes are glowing. This mm-hmm. isn't good. Yeah, dude, Thor is, I think, Thor is the most badass character in the entire thing, to me, I think Thor is just the coolest to watch in Ragnarok and in Infinity War. Everything Thor did, I was my eye. It was just mm-hmm. I was visually impressed. I still um, think, on the topic of like visually stunning things, it's like thirty seconds long. But when Doctor Strange is like soloing Thanos, mm-hmm. I, like, my my head was exploding. Yeah, actually, like, I'm really upset that scene wasn't long. And butterflies and like the mirror dimension. And now there's a million of them. And I was like, this is, this is what. Doctor Strange one was missing. Like mm-hmm. we need like the crazy comic booky magic shit instead of just sparkly kung fu. Yeah, yeah. sparkly kung fu. Yeah. <laughs> Part two of Jeremy wonders why Infinity War was the way it was. Why didn't he just like trap Thanos in a time thing like Dormammu or whatever? Yeah, I I think all of those questions can just be like he looked into the future. That was one of the uh, options. yeah. I get that's a, yeah, that's a that's a fine way. That's to do a pretty it. Big, like good cop out that I think mm-hmm. Marvel puts themselves in. You could just say, oh, he will. That's not the way it was supposed to play out for him to win. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, that's a that's a great plot device. Do you guys watch Game of Thrones? Because I kind of yes. want to touch on that later. We should definitely talk about Game of Thrones uh, well, later. Yeah, let's uh, let's do more of like. Do we what? have any more like scenes that like jump at us? Because I have like a couple, but yeah, go like, ahead and start. Okay. Right on so um. All the way back to 08, Iron Man 1, when he goes into that village the first time and, like, kills all the terrorists mm-hmm. in the suit, that is, like, it's really good because my friend and I always talk about this. There aren't enough scenes in the MCU of superheroes, like, just saving people, mm-hmm. like, just saving the little guy. It's always a big thing, and it's coming mm-hmm. down, and they got to blow it up. There's not a lot of, like, looking out for the little guy, and that's, yeah. like, the first, the first movie we see it, and it's, like... I don't know. It's just like every single hit feels real. Yeah. And it's like Tony's using like everything like from his days as like a weapons manufacturer. He's like, okay, I'm going to use these missiles and I have these really precision things because I mean, that's what a weapons designer would do. They would have like, especially for the US military, they design precision things to like no collateral damage. So like when they all have guns to the heads of the civilians, he's like, okay, well, I thought of this. Yeah. <laughs> Shoulder gun. Mm-hmm. And then the tank missile scene and. Yeah, it's That's just, a good it's point you good bring stuff. up now that I think about it. There aren't really a whole lot of scenes of just average people being saved in the MCU. I think maybe Spider-Man may have had a few scenes of that. That's mm-hmm. why I liked but. Spider-Man Homecoming mm-hmm. was because it Spider-Man's thing is like your friendly everyday or your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man is the superhero that saves the little guy. Mm-hmm. But every time I watch Spider-Man anything, I think, 
where is everybody else? Like, right. why isn't anybody else helping? Um, and like getting to see Iron Man be like, oh, like, fine, I'll put the boat back together and I'll save this this guy. Or like the scene, I don't know what movie it is, but where there are people falling out of a plane and That's Iron Man's Iron like, Man 3. I got him. Like, and then he yeah. powers up. Those are cool scenes. And and mm-hmm. like if you were the dude that Spider-Man or Iron Man saved, that you'd tell everybody you know yeah. instantly. Like, that'd be the best. You're like, yeah. dude, I, Iron Man saved my life today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they, I, I agree that that was something that the MCU sorely kind of lacks. And it's really sort of mainly been a phase one and maybe the beginning of phase two type of thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And after that, like you said, it was, everything was, oh, this, we're being invaded by this giant thing. or The world is ending Yeah, again. the world is ending. Like, it seemed like every mm-hmm. sort of plot point after that was, like, world catastrophe level danger instead of just, okay, let me just save this neighborhood or let me mm-hmm. save this block or let me help this person over here who's in trouble. It was more of, like you said, the world is in danger, and I think that's something that the MCU needs to get back to, especially after Endgame, sort of, mm-hmm. li- like, getting back to smaller, more self-contained stories, yeah, and then obviously the gradually stakes. build back into whoever the next big bad is, whether it be Galactus or mm-hmm. someone else. Mm-hmm. But the, the MCU, for a for a universe filled with superheroes, I agree there aren't enough scenes of just regular people being saved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a little bit of that in Infinity War, and I think they went out of their way to add that, where... Tony Stark is walking down the street with Hulk and Doctor Strange, and, mm-hmm. and like he's being like, "Oh, get call her, get make sure she's okay. Like call an ambulance for her." And he's like mm-hmm. grabbing people and pushing them out of the way. That was a that was a cool thing for them to do to remind us of that. Yeah. Um, did you guys see that the last movie in this phase is not Endgame? It's Spider Man. Far from home. Yeah. I did not know that actually. I, I figured Far from Home would be the beginning of. Yeah, I don't know what to think about Phase it. Four or whatever they're calling it, but yeah. I'm not. I'm. I feel like Spider-Man isn't going to touch on any. It can't really touch on any of the stuff that happens in this movie, just because we've had so much of it. So I'm wondering why they chose to do that. Yeah, I feel I'm, like it will. It's. I mean, maybe. I, granted, I don't know. Like, right. obviously, we don't. We know don't know what's happening, happening in Endgame. But don't. I imagine the events in this film are going to be sort of like universe changing. Yeah. So I, I have a hard time believing Far From Home can go on and not even reference it at all. I feel like something right. from this film has to be referenced in Far From Home. Just. There's, because of the sheer magnitude of the stuff that's going to happen. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and I, it would kind of be weird if Spider-Man took a study abroad trip right after his friend Iron Man just died. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> another thing. I'm yeah, I, I I envision Tony Stark not making out of this movie, but it does beg the question if that's the case. He seems like in a very good move for someone who just lost his mentor and father yeah. figure. But like I said, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, we will see. We can we can guess at Endgame until the cows come home. Yeah. we're not going to know until it comes out. Yeah, I'm. I just I just want to see it at this point. We watched yeah. Infinity War in our class last night, and I have learned I've seen that movie too many times. Oh, same. I'm burned out on Infinity War. I just I'm gonna take a couple days, I'm gonna go see Endgame, and then that'll be good. What is like the number one thing each of you is looking forward to in Endgame? Like the one thing you like can't wait to see. Well, that I can't wait to see. I just hope Cap says Avengers Assemble. That's all I want. <laughs> That's all you want. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> The three-hour movie, the yep. epic conclusion of the MCU. There's gonna be line. there's gonna be an updated circle scene, like I mentioned, with the Avengers mm-hmm. theme blaring loudly over yeah. it, and that's gonna be amazing. Either tears or goosebumps or both. <laughs> um, probably not tears. <laughs> um, well, maybe later on. Maybe later on. Yeah. <laughs> maybe they're <laughs> maybe they're weeping. Chris Evans cried six times watching the movie. Oh my god! At the premiere, so probably because he was like, "Dang, my character." Well, really that's how dead. many people are gonna die. Yeah. <laughs> also, um. None of them had seen like the whole thing. Like mm-hmm. they were just given their bits. Yeah. So maybe that's why. I don't Interesting. Know. But my brother's actually seeing it tomorrow. 
Really? Yeah, because uh, we have a, screening or something. No, we have a friend that press screening. We're both a high school senior. Uh-huh. We have yeah. a, we have a. <laughs> I don't we know have, your life. We have friends. It was just funny to see my brother getting to picture my brother getting invited to a press screening. We have a friend who works at a movie theater. Oh, okay. Uh, and they're showing it Wednesday because they have it early. They're wow. getting it tomorrow. What? Bastard. Yeah. So I told them not to spoil it for me. I've actually. Where's he at? Uh, <laughs> sorry, they're Can out of tickets. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was like, dude, I'll stay home if you take me. And they're like, no, we only have one left. So. Uh, it's mine, not yours. Wow. So that was unfortunate. Cold. Right. Cold-blooded. Um, Cold-blooded. Yeah, but I'll be I'll be excited uh, when I finally see it. I, I I'm hoping I can see it before next week. Mm. Um, if I don't end up seeing it by next week, which uh, I should, it it's my fault if I don't. Yeah. Um. Well, come. My class is going to see it Monday at eight. So, so I could you, sneak in. We're not like renting out the theater or anything. Oh, so okay. sure. Yeah. And there was a ton of seats still available. Hmm. So, yeah, I might do that. Come Monday at 8. I'll have to, if I can get tickets for free tomorrow, because me and my roommates are going to go oh, get okay. in line and try and get some tickets uh, for, for all of us. Mm. So, that's plan A. Plan B, I'll get to if plan A doesn't work out. Yeah. Uh, do you guys want to talk Game of Thrones? Do you watch Game of Thrones? Well, what do you want to see the most out of Endgame? Oh, first, um, before we get there. I say one thing I probably want to see the most out of Endgame is. Like the relationship that Thor and Captain Marvel end up having, like I, I mm-hmm. envision them sort of having like this like frenemy sort of like vibe where mm-hmm. like yeah they're cool with each other, but like I feel I have a feeling they're gonna be trying to like outmatch each other. Like I don't mm-hmm. know, Captain Marvel will do something and Thor will be like, oh shoot, that like looked really badass. I got to do something to one up or something like that. I just imagine that being their relationship. Now in this film, things are probably gonna get a little dark, so I don't know how much of that we're going to get. But going forward, I look forward to seeing, like, how they interact and the role that they play. Because really, the only two people that the Avengers have right now that could actually legitimately go one-on-one with Thanos are those two and then maybe Hulk. But, mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of saw Hulk already go up against Thanos and that didn't Hulk go too well. Hulk got his ass that yeah, and that was with, for him. That was with one Infinity Stone, let alone all six mm-hmm. of them. And he wasn't even using it. Yeah, and he wasn't even using it. So it's kind of like, I don't, I don't know anymore. So mm-hmm. it's really just Captain Marvel and Thor, the only two like credible threats to Thanos. So mm-hmm. I, I some people I'm curious how I've they're going to handle Scarlet Witch is also up there. Wait, she's gone. She's supposed she to is, be. but she's dead. She's okay. supposed yeah. to be because in the comics she's like this reality warping, yeah, Omega tier mutant. But in this, she's just like. I mean, she glow. was holding him back with That's one true. arm. Yeah. You know, with so I mean, she does pose a threat to him. Now I don't know if in the MCU she's more powerful than Thor or she seems pretty lame. In the comics, <laughs> in, I believe she is. In the movie, mm-hmm. she's so, super powerful. Yeah, in, in the comics, she's a, ridiculously powerful. But I saw this meme of when she's like shooting her beam at like Vision and then shooting at Thanos, and, like holding him back, and it's like when you're doing your homework as the teacher collects the homework. I think um I think what I want to see the most is I want to see like Tony Stark kind of pass the mantle to Spider-Man like officially. Yeah, I want him to officially be like you're eight. well he's already an Avenger, but I want him to kind of envision Spider-Man as the next leader. Yeah. Like I I think like he, say something really heartfelt to him like Yeah. A, I I think he's kind of noticed that Peter Parker could could have that role as an Avenger and, mm-hmm. and that that he could be his successor, and I think that's why he kind of took him on and, and why he did all this stuff for Spider-Man and why he put him through those tests in Spider-Man Homecoming and, and why he cares so much about him. I think he sees that Spider-Man can kind of assume the mantle. I know a lot of people said that about Captain Marvel, but I don't think Captain Marvel Ooh, is going to oh. stay here. I think she's going to no. be like, okay, I helped you guys. Um, call me if you oh, need me and then yeah. leave. Um, so I, I, I hope that Spider-Man takes up that role. I'd say kind of by default. Even then, like, I don't know if I see Doctor Strange taking orders from Spider-Man. 
So that's why, just because of just how young he is, yeah, I don't know if he'll be. I mean, and that's even if you know Black Panther goes back to Wakanda and Captain Marvel leaves, there's still other Avengers yeah. who are going to be like, I'm not taking orders from you. You're 15. I think going forward, the Avengers is going to be like, it's here, but we're all just going to kind of assemble like when we're needed. We're not going to yeah. have like a standing not be Avengers as team or just going to like Doctor because like. The core players are going to be like Doctor Strange and Black Panther and like other people with Captain Marvel and yeah. Spider Man. And they've got they're all scattered. And they've got other stuff to do. Yeah, we, one Chichala's has a country gotta, to run. Yeah. The other one is an intergalactic warrior. The other one has He's to protecting deal with, reality. Yeah, so it's kind of like so, they all have their own little duties they have to yeah, deal with. They can't really. Be they'll be Avengers like, "Look, I'm an times. Avenger, but, but I, I don't. <laughs> I'm not going to sit in upstate yeah. New York. Yeah, all we the time. we might like, have kind of a a break after this." Mm-hmm. Where people we, we might we might see characters pop up in other people's movies like, mm-hmm. um, Bucky's probably gonna pop up in a Black Panther movie mm-hmm. like more more than likely that makes yeah. sense to me. Mm-hmm. Th- we'll, we'll probably see these cameos happen every now and then. Yeah, and and even even though they're like there might Spider Man, I don't think he's gonna be ordering people around because I don't think it's gonna work that way. Like you said, I think it's gonna be loosely affiliated people, and Spider Man's gonna be kind of the center of the these circles pin, yeah. like like he'll be mm-hmm. the one in stark tower avengers tower like hey we need help here come over and do this mm-hmm. yeah. and then we're just assuming those four i mean with the fox deal we don't necessarily know what they plan on doing later on so we could have yeah. the x-men and fantastic four included in that mm-hmm. i personally not entirely sure i really want the fantastic four in the mcu i don't <laughs> yeah I, I don't really think i want the fantastic four in the mcu there's like ancillary characters like silver surfer galactus sure I just feel like the Fantastic Four themselves. I mean, granted, the MCU could probably do it right. I've just seen it be butchered so many times at this point. Mm-hmm. And I just think X-Men, with X-Men, they've been recast so many times, and Fox has done so much with them. I just, like, well, they did it with Spider-Man already. We've seen Spider-Man recast, and that worked out. So I, if the MCU decides to go forward with X-Men and Fantastic Four in the MCU, then more power to them. I'm sure they'll be able to make it work. Mm-hmm. But I... I feel like it's just been played out at this point. Like, we've seen so much of X-Men and Fantastic Four outside of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Some's been good. Some's been awful. I just think we need a break from those characters for right now until they're introduced into the MCU permanently. I just mm-hmm. think there needs to be a few... Like, there need, a few years need to go by. Yeah, or we need to we forget. <laughs> yeah, or we need to forget. Like, because we're... Like, Dark Phoenix comes out this year. Right. So, like, if, you know, uh, next year or the that year after... They to reboot it. Yeah, they're, they, like, they're come gonna, back with a whole new X-Men movie. I'm like, yeah. They're going to let it sit for a yeah, while. It, it needs to like. sit for a minute. Yeah. Hmm. Right. Okay, is that it for... Uh, any other Marvel stuff? Marvel? Any other, any other scenes you want to talk about? No. No? I'm okay. Okay. So... Game of Thrones time? Game of Thrones is my, like, nerd specialty. Okay. Like, of all the nerd things you can be interested in, I am probably most into and know the most about Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, Which is... Why I don't know why we didn't talk about it up to this point, Um, but we can talk about it now. Have you read the books and seen all of the show? Okay, I've seen all the show, I have all the books, and I got to, like, the fourth one, and I started reading it, and it was about 50 pages of Politics of the Iron Islands, and I was like, I don't yeah. care. So, <laughs> so Dance of Dragons is hard to get through. Dance of Dragons, I think, is the worst book in the series. Mm-hmm. He actually wrote um, the third and the fourth book. They take place at the same time. Yeah, that's what I've heard. Which is really interesting to write a series, right? You write the first book, the second book, and then the third and fourth one are two books that take place at the exact same time but are separated by geography. And he did it that way because he wanted to take a five-year break in the lore between books. And then he realized, I can't do that. I need to hurry up and write these two books. So something comes out. Um, And Winds of Winter and A Song of Spring 
may never come out. Um, I've kind of resigned myself to that fate. Yeah. But when I watch the show, I see a lot of stuff where I think, I really can't wait to read this in the books because I know that it's going to be explained way better. So that's kind of my prerogative on on the series. Um, mm-hmm. Full spoilers. What have you thought about the first two episodes of this season so far? Um, they're nice, but they're also a lot of nothing. I, they're way to, they're I building up to all of the death and destruction that is going to start this Sunday with the Battle of Winterfell because that's the big one. Yeah, so the, uh, this next episode is the biggest battle scene ever in a movie, like mm-hmm. the longest and the highest budget. It's lo- it is longer than the siege of Helm's Deep in the Two Towers. It's wow. a lot. Uh, and when we've been building up for it for a very long time, the first two episodes of the season, fans have really liked. I liked the first episode because I think it brought us back and it was paced well and we kind of needed to be eased in. And then I feel like nothing really happened on the second episode. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel? This is one of the... I really hated this scene. This is my probably my one of my least favorite scenes this season. Um, the Arya-Gendry sex scene, I hated it so much. It's... It's fine. I don't really like. Everyone's like, "What? Are you, what is she doing? She's a kid, but she's not a kid. She's not a kid. That's not why it bothered me. Both she and Maisie Williams are old enough, so that's like people need to just shut up about that. It's fine. I mean, Arya is has been written really weird for like several seasons, and she's just like, like, mm-hmm. what? Why is she? Why is she throwing knives right now? Like, just. Yeah, I, I don't, don't, I don't, I don't get I'm it. not a huge fan of her character in the show, and I know a lot of people do like she's it. She's got, like, Batman-tier plot armor. Yeah, basically. Um, and she's kind of, like, I think she's kind of OP. Yes. Um, who are some of your favorite characters? Um, I like the Hound. Um, every time Tormund calls Brienne the big woman. The big woman, yes. It kills me. It. It's mm-hmm. so funny. Where's the big Where woman? Where's the big woman? Um, her getting knighted was like the most wholesome thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I, she was I, like so happy. I absolutely adore that scene. Um, I really like Jamie. Jamie's my favorite. He's had, a, he's had the best arc in the show probably, mm-hmm. and I think he's gonna kill Cersei with that hand, that gold hand of his. He's gonna strangle her. In the original books, he wins the Iron Throne. Oh, really? Like in the original script, okay, he kills everybody and then becomes king. And then as George R. R. Martin was writing it, he went, "This character's kind of having a redemption arc," and yeah. then he changed it to reflect that. I think Jamie has a massive importance, and he's my favorite character by far just because I love every scene he's in. Mm-hmm. Um, the scene where Bran goes, like, I'm waiting for an old friend because he knows Jamie's coming. Yeah. Like, that solidified, like, Jamie has a big role to play. Me and my roommates have even kind of theorized that he is Azor High. He is the one that mm-hmm. that stops it. Um, I I really am starting to not like Danny, and looking back at the things she's done, lo- Danny's not been the good guy in all situations. No, she's not. So I think they're they're writing her slowly to become the bad guy, and slowly yeah. people are going to realize she's not fit to be queen. No, she's not. She, every decision she makes is like, what? What are you doing? It's Stop like, look, it's like that's a dick move. Yeah. Um, like she sits there and is like berating Jamie for killing her dad, who she knows and has been told by literally everybody was the worst. Yeah. He was insane. He mm-hmm. lit people on fire. He's the reason that all of this is happening. Yeah, I th- I thought Sam was also going to be like, bitch, you just killed my family, like, and yeah. you expected me to get over it. Get over it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you, you literally just burnt my dad and brother alive because they wouldn't bend the knee. Yeah. So, like, I, I, I am slowly liking Danny less and less, even yeah. though I, I've never loved her. Um, 
I think it would be too obvious for Jon Snow to come out of this, the hero and the winner. I'd because well, they're making a big deal about oh, he's the true heir to the Iron mm-hmm. Throne. Like even when he was like, they were like, hey, you're king of the North now. He's like, I don't really want to be your king. Yeah, he's so never he's, wanted. He never power. wanted to rule. No, he's like, no, I don't want that. Mm-hmm. I just want to just leave me alone. Yeah, he 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 didn't even want to be commander of the Night's Watch. Like yeah, he's like everybody's arguing about a chair, and there's an army of zombies coming. Which quick complaint. Um, in the early seasons, the whites were like scary, and they were like Terminators, mm-hmm. and now they're just like the spooky, scary skeletons from yeah. the music video. Yeah, I don't really like that as much, but I guess that's just kind of to hype up the threat of the others. Yeah, I'm not super happy. With this story arc, I really like the story arc at the beginning where it was these houses and these houses playing political games. And Game of Thrones was really interesting to me because there was no good guy and there was no bad guy. And now there's very clearly a bad guy and there's mm. very clearly good guys or people who aren't bad guys. Um, and and I, I'm guessing we're going to see some sort of perspective from the White Walkers and, and some motivation because right now we don't have any motivation of them. Mm-hmm. Lore-wise... Um, and in, in the books, they're not created from the children of the woods. Um, that that that's a weird thing that I will I'm guessing will come into play at some point in the show. Mm-hmm. But lore wise, the White Walkers we haven't really gotten there yet. And I think in the books, there's going to be a better description of, on why they're motivated to do these things. Mm-hmm. And even in the show, we have no clue why, mm-hmm. which is really ungame of Thrones like. Um, George R. R. Martin's also been saying some weird things lately. He's been going on more tours. He's just put out a new headshot for promotional materials, and he's been doing media rounds. Um, and a few of the things he said have been vaguely foreshadowing into people turning on Danny. So I'm hoping that that happens because I really hate her. Yeah. What did you think about Sansa and Theon getting together? Because that seemed kind of shoehorned in, like that relationship. Um, I don't know. I just I thought it was kind of nice. Yeah. Because he. I hate Theon. I don't like him. I like that he's kind of redeemed himself, even though redeeming himself forced him to become like a worm of a person and like yeah. not even a person anymore. So yeah, well, I mean, I just kind of forgot about him. I get him. Conf- I get the book. I get book events and show events confused a lot. And in the book, Theon perp- like tries to kill Bran. Like in the show, it was described to me that he knew it wasn't actually Bran and Rickon. Mm-hmm. But in the book he assumes it's them and is glad that they're dead. And so from that point on, I went, fuck Theon. And him taking over Winterfell is a really shitty thing to do. So I'm Mm -hmm. excited for episode three. Mm -hmm. I think after this episode, we're going to get a lot of answers. I hope we get a lot of answers. Yeah. Because I don't know how they're going to wrap it up in four more episodes. Counting this one, I think. Counting this next one. Four. I, I... like six episodes. Uh, I don't know how they're going to wrap it up and how they're going to satisfy people and how our questions are going to be answered. I... I saw an article, like, they're not, whichever ending they pick, there will be a lot of people that won't be satisfied. Because either yeah. A, it's going to be the stereotypical good and evil fantasy battle at the end, mm-hmm. which from the beginning, this is not, Game of Thrones is not that. Yeah. Or it's going to be White Walkers kill everyone, and no, not everyone's going to like that because Just what's not the point? Satisfying. What's yeah, the what point? was the point of doing all this? Or the good guys, they're going to do lose. something subversive. But that subversive thing is not going to satisfy everybody. I'm or like not or doesn't isn't subversive enough or was too subversive or whatever. I think so, that subversive thing. I, I think it's going to be that thing where like subversive. Turn on Danny. I I don't know. I'm, I won't get that specific. But I think there's gonna when they I think they will win and when they do win I think they go. 
okay, this seven kingdoms thing doesn't really work. Let's mm. try constitutional democracy or something like that. Like mm. there's going to be, maybe Jon Snow is like, no, no more kings. And like Danny talked about wanting to break the wheel and mm. wanting to stop that. So I, I hope that, and George R. R. Martin's kind of been, always been this anti-war person. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm hoping that Jon Snow is like, no, we're done. Like I'm, t- I'm tired of playing these games. There's no more Game of Thrones. We're bur- melt the chair down. We're going to do, we're going to have a president. We're going to elect people. So I think that's, that some sort of solution in that mm-hmm. realm is how I think this is going to play out. Interesting. Okay. You guys want to do yeah, I know you play? have like no hot dog in this <laughs> race. So <laughs> you particularly no. Quietly. Uh, dude, you, but. Uh, Game of Thrones is probably one of my favorite shows ever. I think the books are my favorite series ever. But if you don't like reading and if you don't like fantasy books, then it's a real challenge to get through. It's less of a slog than Lord of the Rings, though. I was surprised. Yeah, I, I went in I thinking like, oh, I'm going to have to deal with like this Fellowship of the Ring-esque bullshit for like 50 pages in one scene. But it reads like it's it's a pretty quick, like the dialogue goes quickly because George Martin was a screenwriter mm-hmm. originally, so like they talk like real people. It's so. written efficiently, mm-hmm. except for sex scenes and food scenes. <laughs> Those go on for pages. Uh-huh. <laughs> Other than that, dialogue is efficient and everything has a purpose, and mm-hmm. you learn stuff from everything. Yeah, so it's it's very well written in that it's way. It's definitely worth your time getting into, like at some point when you have time. Dude, you can buy the first book for like seven bucks on Amazon and it's mm. it's worth it to give it a shot if you can get into the first book you're hooked mm. yeah I've been trying to actually get into the show for a while but haven't really had access to HBO so that's been the main thing that's fair that. yeah, yeah fair enough okay do you guys want to do read watch play uh yeah uh, I'll go first because I watched Spider Man into the multi into the Spider Verse. Me too. I absolutely love that movie. It was the first time I'd seen it. I, oh really? I love really? the soundtrack. I didn't call. I didn't predict the villain twist at the end. I really liked the story between his dad and and Miles. And I mm. think, I think Miles Morales and how and how he interacted with the other Spider people was really great. I wish John Mulaney had more lines though because yeah. I feel like Spider Pig didn't talk a lot. And neither did Nick Cage's noir. I man. love Nick Cage's character in that. It's he was so funny. he was good. I wanted him to have more screen time. Sometimes I, I light a match and let it burn down on my fingers just to feel something. <laughs> I'm taking this cube with me. It's like a Rubik's cube. Amazing. I love it so much. Uh, that movie was. There were parts where I was laughing out loud. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the, some of the jokes were really good mm-hmm. and. How they played, because it's a Sony movie and Sony owns all these pop culture things, uh, seeing a Chance the Rapper poster in the background, but his hat has a four because it's an alternate universe mm-hmm. instead of a three were details that I really enjoyed. Did you see the Shaun of the Dead poster? Yes, from I saw Dust that and Shaun. I saw yeah. uh, there was a Seth Rogen poster in the yep. movie. Seeing those details was really cool. Mm-hmm. It's a good movie. I liked the soundtrack a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there were the... Uh, Sunflower with Swale and Post Malone is probably the most popular one. I it's a it's a good track, but I think my favorite is the um Juice World track that I didn't even know existed. What's up Danger is my favorite. What's mm. a, is that um who's it who's that? Is that the little the Lil Wayne one? Hold on. No, that's no. Scared of the Dark. Okay. Um, I have it because it, it, the soundtrack is still what I listen to the most on my phone. It's Blackway and Black Caviar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. the the soundtrack in Into the Spider-Verse was like mind-blowingly good because i'd actually like i didn't know about it beforehand whereas like with the black panther soundtrack mm-hmm. i like damn near listened that to like got thing. hyped up yeah, yeah like i listened yeah. to the whole thing for the movie came out probably do it spider-man times i didn't know only song out. i knew was sunflower going in mm-hmm. so a lot of those like musical cues that came in i was like oh wow so yeah that was for sure one of the biggest surprises of that movie but for me my rewatch play it's not something i've already played or watched something i'm about to be playing or watching <laughs> and that is mortal kombat 11 <laughs> 
So anyone who wants to come see me and gets their feelings hurt, you're more than welcome. <laughs> He's been I'll very be, excited about this. I will this. be handing out ass whoopings for the remainder of semester. <laughs> so open please. nine to nine. I'm, I'm open all day. Come come, come, come through. to the towers. Hit me up. You can get your ass open for free, and then you can go home. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I got to say about that. Very good. Um, what did I watch? I also watched Spider-Verse. Again, loved it. because My girlfriend hadn't seen it, and I'm two for two with showing her movies that make her cry. Because that um, funeral scene was like... It hurts, and then yeah, the stand shows up. That sad. also hurt. Um, I'm my is also going to be going to see Endgame very shortly, like two days. I'm super excited about it. It kind of snuck up on me. Yeah, eh, not not really. But I I don't pay attention to movie news or superhero news, mm. and I I'm excited for it, but I'm not like edge of my seat Game of Thrones excited for it. Okay, like I said, Game That's of fair. Thrones is my. The, the the popular culture I've invested to, and I like I I had a Game of Thrones shirt, and I want to get a <laughs> Jamie Lannister shirt. Um, that I like I I really want. So, people like pick these houses and stuff like that. Which yeah. house do you like? Are you one of the? You strike me as a Stark. I'm an, I'm a normie. Like go with with Starks. Yeah, yeah. I have a The North Remembers shirt. Somewhere. I ha- that's the one I had, but yeah. now I'm Team Lannister because man, Jamie is my dude. See. I am. I do like the Starks, but my favorite characters, most like two out of three or four, I guess, are Tywin and Jaime. Mm-hmm. Like, I freaking love Tywin Lannister. Every scene that Charles dances in in this entire series, he's been long dead, but like I, I think miss him so much. His, Tywin's the best. His acting is some of the best. He's in the show. That's one of the reasons I'm so excited for Godzilla, just to see like <laughs> he's barely going to be in it, but like every scene that Charles dances in, like I'm like all in I fucking love Charles Dance he's amazing I had to watch a Hamlet adaptation with him in it and he was the only bearable part cause he's so good yeah. he's amazing um I don't really have a rewatch play of things of a thing that I haven't already watched that I would recommend I've been watching um I got a dub in Apex today was love cool. it or list it <laughs> Which is a uh, house show. That's what I've been. If we're getting into I love, just whatever, I, I love, watched, love it or list it. I watched About Time this weekend. Oh, I watched that movie, which has Donald Don, Donald Gleason, Donald Gleason, Donut Gleason, Donut Gleason, and Rachel McAdams. I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, and it's like he can time travel. Yeah. Wait, no, yeah, hang on. I, I, I haven't I seen that movie. And <laughs> that movie, I got. I went into it. My girlfriend was like, "Oh, it's like a love story," and I was like, "Okay, great, fine, whatever." And then the last scene with his dad ripped my heart out and stomped on it. And I was like, wow. I was like crying really hard. And like movies don't make me cry like ever except for Infinity War until now. And I was like, wow, that like broke me. What a good movie. I thought when you said the name of that movie, you were talking about the Stephen Hawking biopic. Oh, no. Which I have seen. I have not seen. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, which... When you started describing it, I was like, "Wait a minute, I'm, I'm way <laughs> off." Wait a minute, can't time travel. I was like, "I thought Eddie Redmayne was in that movie." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that, that's where I had to go because I haven't watched anything new nerd related. But it's actually a good movie. It's good. I liked it. It's very sad though. Did Don't see, lie, he's in it. Did you see Jason Momoa shaved his beard? Yeah, for Dune. For oh, I thought uh, I thought is, it was, was for that for Dune? Dune. It was like a hey recycle type <laughs> ad, and he shaved his beard for it. And he was like, I have this new product, and it's water in an aluminum can. And I was like, wait, Jason Momoa, you can recycle plastic, too. Just, <laughs> just advocate recycling. <laughs> but, Jason, you're just making a different problem. But he would crush my head with his biceps, so I let him do he, it. Yeah, you let him. He's like, I want to make recycling cans. I'm like, you know plastic's easier to recycle? He's like, 
I wanted to do it in a can. And they're like, it's okay, like, whatever you aluminum, say. Aluminum, like 95% of all aluminum is still in circulation today, so we need to recycle it more. And I was like, that's a great cause, Jason Momoa, but you know what, what else you can recycle? Plastic. <laughs> you can recycle a lot of... You can just recycle make a lot it out of, of paper. Things. Yeah. I've seen paper water bottles. Those are pretty mm-hmm. cool. Boxed water? Boxed water was, yeah. was dope. Mm-hmm. Comes in a little milk so, carton. Yeah. Then people just think you're out drinking milk about <laughs> about the town, and it looks weird. Well, now I'm gonna do that. Like, is that guy drinking a carton of milk? Like, no, nah, it's boxed water, boxed man. Water. Don't worry about it. We should yeah. add. What have you been drinking? Boxed water. Yeah. Okay. Um, thank yeah. you guys for listening. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back last next week for my final podcast of like ever. Might as well if I see because, Avengers in time. Because we're still Don't worry. Brian will be here. He will carry the torch from yep. us. You're a kid. You're an Avenger now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, yeah, find us on Facebook and Twitter at Raven Geeks. Um, Jeremy, you have a podcast as well. Oh, uh, it's done now. So oh, you're done. In together's care. done. Okay, yeah. go back and listen to the old ones. Then. Yeah, if you want to. If I, I think the to. last episode of In Together was probably one of my favorite podcasts I've ever done. Me and Brent. Cool. Um, so yeah, check check that one out. I think it was funny. Yeah, and, uh, there was some. We had some weird ideas that I think make for good podcast talking points. Interesting. So yeah, check yeah. that out. You can find us everywhere. You can listen to podcasts. And at cm-life.com. So until next time, geek fans, same bad time, same bad channel.